The Disciplined Investor is underwritten by Interactive Brokers, the professional's gateway to the world's markets. Their clients enjoy enhanced price execution via IB Smart Routing and lowest cost access to stocks, options, futures, and fixed income, all from a single integrated account. Learn more at IBKR.com. The Disciplined Investor is all about you, your money, and the markets. Sit back and get ready for this edition of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. This episode of The Disciplined Investor is sponsored by Horowitz & Company. If you're looking for a portfolio manager, look no further. Horowitz & Company, from seed through harvest, cultivating financial success. Market's getting spooked with the taper talk. Crypto carnage after El Salvador glitches. And thought, well, we'd have some fun today. Helped out by our guest, CEO of Arkimoto, Mark Fronmeyer. All this and much more on episode number 731 of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. Welcome, welcome to September. Welcome to the Disciplined Investor Podcast. And so far, well, not too much to be excited about with markets. Things are kind of pacing along. A lot of talk about how September's is horrible, horrific, terrible. Oh my God, we got to get out. This disastrous crash monger of a month. But here we are. And markets are kind of going back and forth, doing what it usually does right now. There seems to be that continuation of that underlying support and enthusiasm. So I guess we could find something to be happy about. I sure am. I'm feeling good. Hope you are too. Welcome to another episode, another week. I'm Andrew Horowitz, and this is the place that you want to be each and every week to find out more about all things related to finance, to investing, to your future security, and how to become a disciplined investor. And we shake it up sometimes. We talk about a variety of different things. We go from the discussions about the nitty gritty about a market and how things are playing out to even more uh, refined discussions about economic sentiment. Sometimes we broaden it out a little bit, and that's kind of what we're doing today. We're going to talk about uh, not what we talked about over the last few weeks. The last few weeks, and I've been on a rant, I've been raving, I've been a lunatic, I've been complaining. Whereas my grandmother would say, I've been kvetching. I've been kvetching over the Fed and how they just need to step aside. Just get out of the way for a little while because it seems that there is just no way that they're allowing for a natural process to open up correctly. So we've been hearing this, this constant drone of their potential actions. It's getting kind of tiresome. So what I did is I said, you know what? I need a break from all this. I live this. I breathe this. I see it. I, I talk it. We tried to dissect it. And right now, there's just no need to do so because it's gotten so ingrained in the very fabric of the investing world where everybody believes that there is nothing that can happen wrong. As long as we have liquidity, 
low interest rates, quantitative easing by the Fed and central banks around the world. So, uh, you know what, there's really not a lot in between earnings right now that I said, okay, well, that's set. And I see the economics that we saw last week and this week. Why not do something different? In fact, something totally different in a totally different direction. I thought we'd have some fun. I have been tracking what I thought was pretty cool, this new EV, this new electric uh, vehicle that uh, is kind of uh, interesting and different than some of the others. And I thought we'd go out and grab the CEO and see if he can tell us a bit more about what he's doing as a company, as a new entry into the EV market, relatively new, not new, but, you know, EV's new anyway. But but going to spend some time, I think I think I think you can enjoy this discussion because it's something that I have. I have a ton of questions here that I want to go over. So I think it's going to be kind of fun. We'll see how it goes. Let's get on with it. And our guest today is Mark Fronmeyer, and he is the CEO, the founder of Arkimoto. We're going to get into that in a, in a second, all about that. We're going to have a lot of fun today. That's the goal of this episode. He graduated from UC Berkeley in 1996 with a degree, degree in electrical engineering, computer science, and after 11 years leading advanced technology projects in the game development industry and the sale of his first startup, Garage Games, he turned his energy towards solving the worldwide problem of sustainable transportation. Now he's the CEO of Arkimoto, which is a publicly traded company. He's led the team from concept uh, through startup, through production, through amazing results uh, since 2007. So, Mark, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, uh, Andrew, for having me on the show. So what is, for those people who don't know, what is Arkimoto? What's an F-U-V? Well, so so Arkimoto, the, the name uh, means arc, sort of represents the arc of the future. Uh, I and moto is drive. So the brand is future I drive. Uh, and the F-U-V is, uh, it's our, uh, our flagship product. It's actually our stock ticker as well. And it stands for fun utility vehicle. Uh, it is a, a super fun, very useful vehicle for everyday trips. Uh, we're building a three-wheeler, so two wheels in front, one wheel in back, dual motor, front-wheel drive. The battery is, you basically, uh, your, your feet go on either side of the battery, and so that gives it um, really a, a, a very nice center of gravity, low and forward. Uh, it's a very nimble ride, uh, and because it's got dual motor front wheel drive, it, that also provides much better traction than is typical of your, your sort of standard uh, rear wheel drive three-wheeler. Um, but the, the whole idea you know, it, at its root is just to, to re-envision the footprint of daily mobility. Um, the yeah. way we drive almost all the time is in a 4,000 pound uh, SUV or car by ourselves or with just one other person and a limited amount of stuff. And then when you multiply that times everybody, uh, you end up paving over half the city for, for cars uh, and yet face gridlock everywhere, not to mention uh, emissions that are causing giant problems the world over. Right. Let's back it up. I want to rewind it a little bit, and I want to find out a little bit more about you. I want to understand what is it like being a CEO of a publicly traded company? You, you did a um, we'll call it reverse merger, a SPAC uh, entrance into the markets, right? No, we, we, we did a, a Regulation A offering you did? back in 2017. Think, so we've been, confused, we've been confused as a SPAC, I think mostly because of, of just the, uh, the SPAC boom, and particularly within electric vehicles over uh, the last year. 
but we've been public now for all, almost uh, exactly four years. We went public in uh, September 19th of 2017 in order to build out the factory. Um, and we're now in the, uh, in, the, in the push towards mass production phase. So let's kind of get that same question and forgive my uh, naivete on, I don't know why that was in my head, this back thing, but let's go forward. What's it like being the CEO of a publicly traded company? Never a dull day, <laughs> never a dull day. Um, and, and I would say Arkimoto is, is public because we have a public mission. And we think it's, it is very important for those who are, uh, you know, I, I started it because I wanted, uh, I didn't just want one for myself. I wanted one, if, if I was going to get one, I wanted there to be the ability for anyone who wanted to make the choice for clean transportation to be able to get one as well. Uh, it's, it's relatively easy to build a prototype, uh, but building a production operation, obviously much more challenging. Um, but that, that extends to the company itself, which is, uh, there's a, uh, there are a lot of people out there who now believe that we need to make real big moves, uh, towards, uh, towards right-sizing mobility and, and cleaning transportation. And we want them to be able to participate as stakeholders in the venture. You know, I did some research on this. I was uh, like, wow, I love this. I'm a shareholder, by the way. Um, oh, yep. well, well, thank you. Yep. And I did some research on this, and I'm like, well, these are very cool looking. And I thought not only they're cool looking, it seemed to me that some of the vehicles that you have, the, for example, the rapid responder or um, the delivery vehicle, they seem to be built on like the same chassis. Is that correct? They are, yeah, okay. and that that really is. I mean, at, at its root, Arkimoto is a it's a platform company. So we're we're not just aiming at one particular uh, consumer product. It's we're looking at a, a whole bunch of different slices of everyday mobility, both on the consumer side and on the fleet side. Uh, and I think the real advantage that we have is that we have, because of the way that the platform is architected, it is a very useful small footprint vehicle platform that can be skinned in a lot of different ways. So the deliberator uh, takes out the second seat and now you have that whole back half of the vehicle for last mile delivery of essential food and goods and so on. Um, the rapid responder takes the benefits of that platform and applies it to the, the world of emer emergency services. We just showed the, uh, the flatbed for the first oh, time, which that. is just a general fleet utility yeah. vehicle. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the we, we, uh, last year announced, and then this summer uh, unveiled the first production version of the Roadster, which is really our, it's our, it's the purest platform vehicle that we have. Uh, it takes the, takes the cage away. It gives more of that pure motorcycle experience. Um, but all of our products are built, they, they've got, you know, 85, 90% the same parts. So as we look at all of these different markets, uh, the, the manufacturing operation is, is additive scale across each one. You know, it's, it's interesting because you use the word skinning or skin, you know, it has a different yep. skin. And I, I, you know, as I was looking at these and I was looking at the chassis and I said, Oh, kind of looks like that, but with the addition of that or the subtraction of that, but the word skinning really does do a lot of justice to what you're doing. And I think that's actually kind of brilliant, frankly, because if you think about the rest of the automobile world, Every time you do something, it's different, right? It's like a different entirety of, well, suspension has to change dramatically for this or for that, or the look or the size or the doors or the windows. 
and you have to kind of keep going back and retooling and all that. And essentially, if you have the, I'm just going to make this very simple from a layperson's view of the of your manufacturing process. If you have the same bottom half, we'll call it, okay, just like that, yep. and you can get then build the top half, like, you know, it's going through an assembly line, it goes that way uh, along the assembly line to finish up the bottom, the engine, transmissions, all that stuff, and then goes to the left for the rescue and rapid responder, it goes straight for the delivery vehicle, and to the right it goes for the roadster or something of that nature. That's kind yep. of a brilliant, um, a brilliant plan, frankly. If it, I, well, I, I'm probably making it pretty much easier than it is, but yeah, it, it is. I mean, that 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 is basically the plan for the scale production facility. Is it, it almost the whole line is the same thing, and then at the end of the process, uh, it it differentiates into the final product. Right, and we're we're doing everything that we can to commonize uh, parts between those different vehicles. So even something like the doors, those will go on. The deliverator, they'll go on the rat, you know, the the fun utility vehicle, uh, it, and it'll be the same, the same pieces, same windshield, same windshield wiper, uh, and and to that point, you know, a, a car company, when 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 the automotive world talks about common platforms between say a van and a truck, you'll have you know maybe forty percent the same parts, uh, but it you know we've we've taken that to a to a much higher level, and that's you know again it's it's for economy of scale. Uh, but now that brings us to an interesting question that when it comes to parts right now, what's happening? How are you dealing with these crazy supply chain issues? I'll tell you a quick story. I was talking to a fellow friend of mine today. We we're talking about the boat show down in Tampa, Florida. And he said, yeah, I was going there. He's in the business of selling boats. And he goes, I was going there. I was going to the Tampa boat show. I'm like, well, what happened? Well, it turns out two major players that come to the show, Boston Whaler and another uh, player of bigger boats, called up and said, you know what? We have nothing. We don't have samples. We don't have anything to bring to the boat show. So we're out. And a bunch of other players said they have nothing to show either. And even if they did have something to show, they have nothing to sell. This is the whole supply chain issue when it comes to motors and boats. Uh, they canceled the boat show. Point question to you is, how are you dealing with the supply chain issues that are out there? Well, it's you know we're we're certainly not immune to the the effects of uh, th that have been going on uh, both as the uh, the knock on effects from the pandemic and then uh, the certainly the growth of the EV industry has has put a big demand on an already strained supply chain. Um, I think we are in in a somewhat advantageous spot in that we are presently producing in very low volume. Uh, and we're we are planning on bringing our mass production facility online starting at the end of next year, so that gives us a, a larger window to plan for uh, a higher volume of parts and and hopefully get through uh, a lot of the choppy seas that are out there right now. What it's done though is from a, from a, a a business focus level is we you know we really want to maximize in these early days. Uh, the number of butts we can get in seats. Mm -hmm. And so we are, we have, we, I, I mean, really it's, it's because once you experience the vehicle, and we've just seen this over and over and over again, it has a really compelling ride. Uh, people absolutely love it. Uh, and that's, so, so getting more people to have the experience of it is really important. Uh, and that, that has meant that the real focus has shifted from let's get absolutely as many customer vehicles out the door as we can to let's get as many rental and rideshare and fleet demonstration vehicles out the door 
as we can in order to prepare the market for much higher scale production. So when you, when you say that, are you saying that, um, for example, the rentals, you may have a facility in, I don't know, Key West or something like that, that has various trikes, various little car things, very, and they'll have a few of these? Yeah, we actually, Key West is is, is our first rental franchise. Well, of course it would be. That's the, only, that's, it, that's, uh, that's the perfect place. We, we had a, we had a, a, a very key investor, uh, no pun intended, uh, who had a hotel down there, and they said, you know, we want to open up your first uh, rental franchise, um, and that's been uh, it's it's been fantastic to have them there. Uh, we opened up a company-owned store in San Diego and in Eugene, uh, and and that you know that's that's how we you can get uh, instead of getting uh, one person in the vehicle to enjoy it uh, as a as a personal vehicle, you can get hopefully one person a day in that same vehicle. Uh, and that that has a, a real multiplicative effect on the future market. So my, my friend Ross Gerber, I think you know him. I think uh, he's been talking up I do. Uh, and loving your products. I think he got one of the first roadsters that were available. Yep. If I'm not mistaken. Well, we we actually loaned him one of our uh, one of our our pre production mm -hmm. roadsters mm -hmm. uh, for for yeah. a month when he was on vacation, and he was just Loved it. he was just raving about it on on Twitter on a regular basis. So so so. I was talking to him and I said, hey, what questions do you want me to ask Mark when he comes on? He says, listen, which is part of the discussion we're having right now. He says, um, why does it seem like you're only from the last, I guess, um, maybe the conference call when you put out your earnings, that you're only producing one vehicle per day? Uh, he thought that you could be producing upwards of four per day. And then the question was, is it supply issues? Yeah, well, it, so we have shown a, a build rate of four a day off of our present production line, and then we could double that with a swing shift pretty easily. Uh, the issue is that we ran into a, a supply glitch, and I talked about this a little bit on our last stakeholder webinar, uh, where uh, in, in quarter two, we saw that we were going to be facing an, ex an extended shutdown in August if we didn't throttle back a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, we think we're past uh, that glitch, um, and so so we we throttled back up. Uh, but that is why we revised our our number of total planned unit output this year to around 425. So hold that thought for a second. Um, I want to take a moment and talk about interactive brokers, and I want to talk about the question of what is payment for order flow, and that's simply the money a market maker pays to your broker to trade with your order at the price he decides. Your broker will charge you no commission and leave you no choice. At Interactive Brokers, though, you do have a choice. You can choose to pay no commissions just like at other brokers, or you can pay a small commission and IBKR will try to match you up with an institutional order at a better price. Learn more at IBKR.com slash F-O-F. -F. Again, payment for order flow. Learn more at ibkr.com slash P-F-O-F. So we're back, and we're talking with CEO of Arkimoto, Mark Fronmeyer. So um, in terms of, of something that I, I was looking at, you have the idea that this is a combination of an FUV, a fun utility vehicle, or, or a serious utility vehicle. Uh, SUP, I guess a SUP. Uh, yeah. Sup, sup, you got an FUV, you know, we got a sup. Um, and the, the the interesting thing that I noticed was, or not noticed, but, but I, I want to talk to you about is uh, the mileage. 
So there's kind of a couple of different ways to look at mileage. It's, you know, this thing does upwards of 70 miles an hour, let's say, or could do that much. You get about 32 miles at 70. That's kind of balls to the wall, foot down, let's go, right? Um, and a straight shot. There's a 100-mile uh, range on the batteries in the city, about 50 highway. Now, a typical delivery truck, how long is that going to last? Well, if you're doing if you're doing last mile delivery in town, that's that hundred mile case, right? right? Right. That's because you're doing you're doing typically low speed, lots of of, of starts and stops, which is actually where an electric vehicle, you know, the electric vehicles do their best uh, at at city driving speeds because you're not you're not bleeding all of your energy out at the brakes. You actually put the energy back in the battery with regen. Uh, and you're you're not facing a lot of aerodynamic resistance when you're doing city driving. Uh, and that really is the basic use case of the platform, at least today. Well, I'm not envisioning this, the, the, the product that we've got right now as being your long distance uh, commuting an hour each way on the on the interstate. It's for getting around your community. Yeah, um, it's, it, it's a, a much larger circle than, say, a neighborhood electric vehicle. Right. Um, but it, it is it is really optimized for city driving, for expressways. If you need to get up on the freeway for a few exits, not a problem. It's got the, the capability to do it. But the it's it's that daily driving, you know, average Americans driving around 30 miles a day, average trips about. Uh, five miles. And that's really the sweet spot of the platform. I mean, it seems to me that when I look at all the different possible variations, I mean, clearly the delivery, the, the potential for delivery vehicles. You, now, well, let me, let me back up before I say that. How long does it take to charge? Uh, so it depends on what you're plugged into. If you're plugged into a level two charger, it's four hours-ish. Uh, if you're plugged into a 110 which is what i use in my driveway uh it's a it's an overnight charge if you had drained it all the way down right all the way um and and that's you know the, the basic idea there is you plug it in when you get home and every morning you've got a full tank right um we do have on the on the drawing board uh, uh plans for higher capacity charging so that's going to become if, if you're really turning a bunch of vehicles in a delivery fleet you're going to want those to be uh, charging when you're not using them and, and have a relatively quick cycle time on the charge. Um, but for, for everyday driving, it's, uh, it's uh, just a, and this I think is part of the sort of charging infrastructure question is that the, the charging infrastructure really is the power grid we've already got. And yeah. for most use cases, a simple 110 outlet, particularly for a very efficient vehicle is totally sufficient. Now, do you have any partnerships or plans of talking to uh, companies like a Blink, a ChargePoint, or any of the other names, or even a Tesla for that matter, for something that would be available on their networks? Well, I we've had a, a number of our customers are also Tesla customers. And so they've said, hey, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you had uh, the, the uh, Tesla charge port on there and able to use the supercharger network? Um, that's certainly a, a conversation we're very interested in. Uh, and I, I would like it to be something where it's just an option that you choose at purchase. You know, which which charging standard do you want to have as part of your vehicle? Um, as far as uh, conversations with other uh, charging manufacturers, we've definitely had uh, talks with a number of them. Uh, and that's just a it's kind of a no brainer to say, hey, uh, it's along with this. You can also get a you know, your sign up for your membership for Blink or ChargePoint or whatever. 
Um, and uh, and that that I think is going to be something that that we can package in there. Uh, our our initial um, biz dev focus right now is making sure that all of the tools you need in place for for actually getting a vehicle are there. So things like making sure that we've got insurance coverage uh, and making sure that you uh, can get financing right. for a vehicle purchase. Um, but as we certainly as we get uh, a lot more vehicles out there. Um, we are not a, we're not making our own charging network. And so I, I see that as a, a real opportunity for partnership. So you have the, the, the rapid respond, you have the, the, the roadster, which is brand new, which is a, the cool one, the cool, the cool uh, sibling, right? You have the, um, the I'm, I'm thinking I got a design for you. If I may, I'm down in Florida. Okay. I got the beach baby. So this is what I want to see. Take out the All back. Right. Okay. We're going to put a refrigerator in there that could dispense, you know, beers right away. I want it's like the, a, I want an because uh, we have electric here. I want to I want it to extend from the center of the of the back part. I want a big beach umbrella to go up in the air and extend out. And in the back, we have a little pop up bar with a blender. By the way, I love it. You know, it's, you know, it's we're, we not call to mention a boombox. We got a boombox in there somewhere too. We call that the thirst responder. <laughs> it's it's still uh, the first responder. <laughs> uh, but no, there's a lot of things you could actually do being a an electric base, right? Yep. And I think you'll see when you start to see the accessories packages that we're planning for the Roadster, uh, as well as the FUV, I, the, the, the one great thing about the Roadster, it is a it is an amazing fun machine, but it, it is also it's got great carrying capacity because you, we've taken the, the, the weight of the of the cage off. And so that thing is just a beast in terms of uh, what it can haul around. So, yeah, it could haul around a cooler. It could haul around uh, taps golf clubs, uh, surfboards, bicycles, uh, dogs, and so on. And that's, you know, I, I, I look at the, at the roadster really, it is, that is our, our, our beach golf community, just, uh, absolute sweet fun machine. Yeah. Any, any, uh, any thoughts on, um, uh, extended battery life configurations or maybe even, um, plans to extend like to a four seater? Uh, well, we, the, the four seat option is, is you buy two of them. Ah. Um, oh, I see. And, and then, uh, and then the, uh, the, uh, uh as, as far as extending the battery life, we're going to, we will incrementally see improvements in efficiency of the platform as a whole, uh, which will add range. And then we're on a continuous improvement trajectory as an industry in terms of battery capacity. Right. So as time goes on, uh, the, the range will go up, uh, efficiency will go up and cost will go down. So, um, who else are the competitors in the space? I mean, we have like um, a couple of different three wheelers that are out there. Some of them are ugly as sin. Uh, they've been around for a while. They got the one from what Bombardier, I guess it is. And there's another one from, Pol is it Polaris? Yeah, both Bombardier and Polaris have three wheelers, right. gas powered three wheelers in market. Right. Uh, that's probably the first differentiation point is that the Arkimoto is uh, pure electric. Uh, the drive of the Arkimoto is from the front wheels, as as we talked about, and that uh, has a, a. It's just a, it's a it's a better way to balance a three wheeler because you're putting the weight where you want it to be. Mm -hmm. um, if you if you put the traction on the back wheel of a reverse trike, you're always you're, you're sort of the design fights itself because you want to add weight uh, to the rear wheel in order to get traction, and you want to add weight to the front wheels in order to add to stability and having the, the switch to front wheel drive, which we did back in 2010 uh, in one of our earlier prototypes, 
that just made it made a huge difference. Um, whether you're talking about slick city streets in the northwest when it's raining, or uh, just the ride feel and handling of the vehicle, and then there there are also a number of different startups uh, or, or early stage companies that are that have three wheelers on the drawing board. Those would be companies like Electromechanica with the Solo. Uh, there's a company called Arrow that's building a three wheel delivery vehicle. Uh, I, what what I think really separates Arkimoto is just that because of how we've architected the platform, it hits a bunch of different use cases uh, all on the same basic platform. And I haven't seen really anybody else out there take that particular approach. No, that's, that, that's what I, right off the bat, that's what I said I thought was most, one of the coolest thing, right? That, that, that you could basically take that same platform and, you know, but do a lot of things on top of side, behind and, and with it. The, the, um, is do you have any concern with all the competition and the the relatively quick speed of adoption for electric vehicles in general we'll call it that the electric grid were just not prepared for all this what well, back when i first started i was added to a, a working group in oregon uh, for a, a governor's task force around this question and the the conclusion back then is actually the grid that we have now uh, could charge 100 million electric vehicles uh, uh, just based on utilization timing. So you just you if you as long as you're charging off peak, the the grid has latent capacity for plenty of electric cars. And then with Arkimoto, we're building something that is much more efficient than a typical electric car. So the the key there is just make sure that. Uh, it's it's not just about the switch to electric drive. It's about making sure that we're pushing an appropriate amount of stuff down the road. Yeah. So if I want to order something right now, I'm saying, okay, great. Love it. I want to order one of these, any of the above. What's the process and how long does it take? So in our open states, uh, which are Oregon, Washington, California, and Florida presently, and we're about to open uh, Nevada, Arizona, and Hawaii. Um, if you're in an open state, which uh, I think you are, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's uh, you put down if you're if you're going to buy one, uh, you put down a $2,500 non-refundable deposit and then configure your vehicle. And we estimate about a 90-day time for delivery. Mm -hmm. um, if you are uh, if you're just interested in in buying one in the future, you can also pre-order, and that's $100 fully refundable at any time for any reason, no matter where you are in the world. And what if I have one and 90 days later I get it and I'm driving around and things are just hunky-dory and then, you know, the usual things happen. Uh, I don't know, uh, one of my mirrors I knock off or something or what, I don't know, something. What do I do about repairs? Uh, so we do mobile service first and foremost. Uh, somebody, we've, we've got mobile service in, in our open states presently. We also have service centers in kind of key market deployment regions. Um, and then over the long haul, uh, so, so for, for early production vehicles, you can expect uh, that, that there'll be glitches in the process. We've, we have certainly not been immune to that. That's been true of basically every company mm -hmm. bringing an electric vehicle into the market, right. uh, established automaker or not. Um, but over the long haul, we expect that the main service items are going to be things like tires and brakes and shocks. Uh, and little bits and pieces. Uh, the electric drivetrain is, is, is radically simpler than an internal combustion engine. 
and so just has a has ultimately a very different service profile. Um, and those types of items can be handed handled by anyone who can do basic lightweight automotive service. Uh, and a, as we look over the longer term, we think there's some real collaboration opportunities with existing in-market players, mm. whether it's a, you know, a, a Pet Boys or a, a, a Goodyear or a, a, I mean, any sure. number of different yeah. companies that 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 already have that as their as their primary focus. And, you know, we're, we're, we're not particularly into reinventing the wheel. We like to use uh, infrastructure that's already in place when it makes sense. Good stuff. Well, um, I'm excited because it seems that you have a, uh, you know, not, you, first of all, not a one-trick pony per se, whereas it's like, you know, hey, this is the Model T and that's all you get, right? You know, this is, you, you're really kind of taking it to another level. I, I'm, I'm frankly, just from the outside looking in, so this is probably worthless to you, but point is, I think the, delivery and the rapid responder, I, I could totally see that as a very interesting option and, and opportunity for a massive amount of deployment in those particular areas. I, I just, it seems like a yep. no brainer to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, and then the other, you know, the other piece of it too is our long-term vision is that you is, is really ride on demand. Uh, and so if you if you think about uh, you're in New York City, you know, you don't necessarily want to own one of these things because you got got to deal with parking and, and all the rest. But you definitely want to drive one. And so if you can just hit a button on your app and a vehicle pulls up, you jump in, you drive it for your for your daily trip. That's where we're that's where we're aiming on the consumer side and, and as well for some fleet applications. So hold, hold it. And that's, wait, wait, that's, wait, 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 wait. When you say you push the button. And then the vehicle shows up. Now, is that delivered to you, or you're telling me you're talking about autonomous something or other? We're talking about driverless. Oh. So, and and that could that is a could be a combination of autonomy. It could be uh, done in part by remote control. Uh, but the 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 basic functionality for driverless is uh, we've we've demonstrated that for the first time this summer um, at our summer showcase, and th that is you know, where you basically bolt on a rig that has cameras and, uh, and, uh, infrared and so on that can be either driven by computer or by driven remotely by a person. And that, that to us is, you know, it's, it's sort of like rideshare with a business model that works. Hmm. Um, and we're, we are not ourselves developing full stack autonomy. There are a bunch of other really smart companies out there doing that. What we are providing is a pathway to market and a business model uh, for for that technology to actually be used. And it the the key for Arcimoto is it doesn't need to be uh, full self driving on every possible road at every speed and every condition with humans on board. That's a very hard problem uh, that that a number of folks are trying to crack. But when you have something that in its driverless mode could be going on uh, prescribed pathways at low speed. Um, that's a that's a much easier bar to cross, but provides that provides what it, what is enough for the uh, the the business model to work. That's interesting. It's like it's it's the modern day horse from the cowboy movies, where you know you got this cowboy on, you know, <laughs> exactly, and, and up comes the horse and just get on and go. 
Well, maybe we'll make that a feature of the app. You've got to whistle into yeah, your it's, phone and it's what it is. a button. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Mark, CEO of Arkimoto. I really appreciate that uh, you're being with us, exp explaining a lot of this because I had a lot of questions. And uh, this does seriously, it is. It is. Um, everybody should go over to their website. Um, we'll put it on the show notes for this episode. What do we got? Uh, episode seven thirty one on the discipleinvestor.com. But basically you need to check it out because they're just cool looking. And, you know, like I said, the utility aspect of many of these has a lot of viability from what I can see. And it looks really interesting. So, Hey, thanks for, uh, for, for, for bringing us all this. And I really appreciate you spending some time. Andrew, likewise. Hey, really appreciate uh, the opportunity. All right. When Talk you're down you in soon. Florida, come on fishing. Yeah. We'll, we, we got to get you, uh, get you on a roadster. Ready to go. Ready, ready to roll, ready to roll. Right All right. On. See you soon. Thanks so much. Cheers. Bye. So there you have it. The fun episode with the FUV, the fun utility vehicle. <laughs> you definitely have to check it out. It's kind of really cool. Listen, I just wanted to kind of take a break from some of the serious stuff we've been talking about for a while. Give you some other aspects some thoughts about what it's like being a CEO. What goes through the CEO's mind, getting them away from their conference calls, their various official news discussions when you get a one to two minute clip from a company and talk with somebody that can give us some insight of what's happening in the brave new world of EVs and in, in alternative EVs. So that was kind of interesting. I found it fun. Maybe, maybe uh, get one to demo out. That would be kind of interesting, won't it? Mm, let's see. Anyway, thanks for joining me. We're going to end it right there. Uh, a little bit of a shorter day today of a lot of things going on uh, over the weekend that we need to do so but we're going to definitely be back next week we have another great guest coming on uh we have nolan langford from left brain research that will be here with us of course any questions you have any information you want to look at if you want us to check out talk about think about and discuss with you your portfolio your investing go over to the disciplinedinvestor.com we don't bite we'll make sure that you're in really good hands and looking forward to giving you what you need to get towards your level of financial security for the future. Let's do it together. Go over to thedisciplineinvestor.com. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm going to see you again next week. Nothing discussed in this podcast should be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is no indication of future results. In addition, the information presented is not intended to be used as a sole basis of any investment decisions nor should be construed as advice designed to meet the individual needs of any particular investor. Nothing herein constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice or individually tailored investment advice. Remember, investing involves substantial risk. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results and a loss of original capital may occur. No one receiving or accessing this information should make any investment decision without first consulting his or her own personal financial advisor and conducting his or her own research and due diligence including carefully reviewing any applicable prospectuses, press releases, reports, and other public filings of the issuer of any securities being considered. Please consider this for educational purposes only. As always, use your best judgment when investing. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training. Advertisements are not related to the host or affiliates and are not considered recommendations by the host of the show or any affiliates of Horowitz & Company.